the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. What a week it's been. What a week. Jobs numbers, 678,000 jobs. And that number is as fake as the love of a third trophy wife in Beverly Hills. Completely fraudulent. It is absolutely subsidized. There is not one job that has been added since before the pandemic. But we're not talking about the pandemic anymore. We're not talking about the debt ceiling. We're not talking about the ineffective so-called vaccines or the stupidity of walking around with a slave plate on your face, a diaper. We're not talking about any of that. What are we talking about? Ukraine, Russia. So far this week, I've gotten complaints from both sides of that debate because I have asked people to do something that American people really don't want to do. And that's to think about something. Because when I hear Hillary Clinton sound like John McCain from 12 years ago, I say, "Uh uh-oh, when I look at every single television station, and I don't care what it is, from Fox to CNN, spew the same thing, I say, "Uh uh-oh. When I hear something on my own morning show, which I love this station, you know, I, uh, I sometimes will argue with Dan Prof, but I never question Dan Prof's integrity. I never question Dan Prof's love of country. So we do have nuanced disagreements. And um, from time to time, we will debate those. I don't like the CIA. I don't like them. I'm fully aware of what they have done throughout history. I'm fully aware of how they have sacked numerous countries without even knowing it. I'm fully aware how they worked with Bill Clinton in Mena, Arkansas. I don't like anything they do. I think it is an organization set up to keep itself going. That's what I think it does. So I'm not going to interview Rick Prado, although I respect him. He lives in South South Florida. He has a book coming out. He is a CIA uh, apparatchik who has been involved with the CIA, I think, for 30 years. He was on the morning show today. And we've had this ongoing discussion about Ukraine. Who's telling the truth? What is propaganda? And I think it's all propaganda. I called for the head of Vladimir Putin. The idea that we're pretending there's such a thing as a war crime when the war itself is criminal. I am on the side of the people in both countries, both countries, the people who are useful pawns. I say this day in and day out, yet we receive all kinds of different emails because I don't pick a side. I don't do rah-rah because I've been around long enough to see who profits. I hate the oligarch system. I hate it. So when I saw that in New York, They seized billions of dollars from Russian oligarchs. I said, that's great. Are they going to give the money to the Ukrainian people? What do you think? 
It's going to be the same thing as when they get a settlement from the uh, big, big pharma for the opioid crisis. Do they give it back to the people whose lives it destroyed? No. The state keeps it. It's the same damn scam. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. So when I hear a CIA apparatchik on my morning show say something that should make every single person think, I want to go over it a little bit. I want to go over it before I buy all the rah-rah. Here is Rick Prada on the morning show today. I, I agree with you that uh, putting through our troops in front of the Russians is not conducive of any um, good solution. Let's put it away in this time. That would be an escalation. But we can, and I am confident that we are, because I've been in this business for almost 25 years, um, we are training them. We're providing them the intelligence that they need. And we've been training them probably for the last year. I mean, this What? You've been training them for the last year? What do you mean you've been? What happened a year ago? Oh, Diapers Biden usurped the election. Diapers Biden has benefited from this conflict in a way no one is articulating. Do you understand what's hidden in this Trojan horse of war? The Biden Democrat mafia corruption. The Biden Democrat mafia failure. All swept in. All swept in under this failure. And what I believe to be a propaganda-inspired actual conflict. Oh, don't get me wrong. They're bombing. I just want to know who's bombing. The reason why the price of gas is going up is not because of steps the president has taken. They are because President Putin is invading Ukraine, and that is creating a great deal of instability. So all of the inflation prior to this, the green energy swindle that is redistributing trillions of dollars, that is going to destroy the quality of life in this country, it is all swept in this war. Isn't that very convenient? Doesn't that make anyone else think about the other information? I mean, I like to think. You'll have to forgive me. I love it. I like to think. And I like to always understand, if you think one of these parties is for you, the honest man in this country, then you're a moron. You're an absolute and total moron. Now, here's the good news. Morons can go very far. All you have to do is get a job in politics, like Celia Rouse. Who is Celia Rouse? Well, she's the chair for the Council of Economic Stability in the Biden administration. Let's listen to this intellect. By the way, she's a woman and she's a minority. So I guess she doesn't have to be smart. And what we know is that, that, you know, from the U.S. economy, we don't import a lot of Russian oil. But we are looking at options uh, that we can take right now if we were. 600,000, well, let's, let's call it 540,000 barrels a day. Nah, that's nothing, you moron. You're going to import more oil. Only you're going to divert it now. Now you'll import the oil from where after you rebuild the chaos you destroyed? Will you import it from the Ukrainian oligarch? Like Igor Solomoysky? You know the one. The one that backs all the presidents. The one that profits. The one that is also the silent partner of the natural gas company that Hunter, the crack connoisseur, was on. And the other one that he wasn't on. Did you seize his property in New York? Or just the Russians? See, I don't like to follow the BS. I really don't like it. And I'm amazed at how many people who think that they are conservatives, and I don't even know what the hell that means anymore, who think that they're non-Democrat mafia members, how gullible you are to swallow this nonsense up without seeing the perfect Trojan horse for the Democrat mafia. It is this war. They're all worried about the, the nuclear plants in Ukraine. You should be. 
What about the nuclear plants in Illinois? 14 of them shut down as you pay off ComEd that bribed the Speaker of the House for 40 years. You don't care about that, though, huh? Quick question on the uh, Iran talks. There was a British diplomat that tweeted this morning that the talks are close. One of the reported demands of the Iranians is that this administration reverse the policy of the last one and remove the IRGC from the list of foreign terrorist workers. That's kind of important. See, because the real threat to, to us is Iran. They hate us. They hate everything about us. They don't like our freedom. They don't like anything. And here we are doing what Democrats do, enriching, strengthening the enemies of Americanism, not just America, Americanism, because they, too, are the enemy of Americanism. They like the Democrat mafia Marxist schemes. They like the control. And that's why we're not talking about the absolute and total failure of their 24-month seizure of the quality of life in America. We're not also not talking about the origins of the pandemic COVID. We're not talking about any of that. This is the longest I've gone without pickle-faced Fauci telling me how I can't be me. That's the only benefit to this whole conflict. So would the president then welcome Iranian oil coming into the United States uh, in order to increase that supply? Again, there's not a... In Iran, there's not a deal at this point in time. While we're close, we're not there. Um, so, uh, if- why are you close? Hey, you with the fake dye job, why are you close? I know that I most certainly can't ask the guy who's pretending to be president any more than you can send him to Europe. That's why you're sending the dimwit Harris best lunch date in Washington. I just had a, a, a chance to visit and have a viral tour of both the Siemens facilities. What a disgrace. What a disgrace to this country. Never been more secure. Did you know that after both the state of delusion and the propaganda of what's going on in, the, in the Eastern Europe, he's up eight points. Oh, but he is. All the dummies. Yeah, he's all right. He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. What overall we need to do here is reduce our dependence on oil. Europeans are doing that. We're doing that. And that's the scam. Because in that speech where he muddled through, the the moron that he is mumbles, that's about spending trillions and trillions in his Build Back Better, which is right around the corner again. And it'll pass this time because, after all, you got to give money to everybody. got to help money to everybody. And nobody wants to remember exactly how many times we've been down this road and how many times the CIA has been in these countries training the so-called good guys like the ones in afghanistan the ones in iraq the ones in somalia and libya and pick a place just point in a direction it's the same scheme and it seems to be working every single time and who pays the cost who always pays the cost tonight here in prim at the chevron gas station gas is now going for five dollars and 46 cents a gallon and they could hide it in the war See, I'm on the Ukrainian people's side. I'm on the Russian people's side. But most of all, I'm on the American people's side. Stop rubbing your abuser's feet and kissing his ass. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. 678,000 jobs. How many of them are actually... Replacement jobs, all, and you still got, what, 7 million to go before you can add one to the pre-pandemic numbers? It's a great way 
to hide the failure. And that's the broader point as far as I'm concerned. Not to mention, this is the same president of Ukraine that they impeached Donald Trump over for the phone call. Remember that? Now, all of a sudden, who's admitting that they're wrong here? I, 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 I had a girl, we received an email. She was upset because I hung up on uh, the caller that wanted to nominate the president of Ukraine for the Nobel Peace Prize. I wasn't mad at anything he said. The Nobel Peace Prize doesn't mean anything. Don't you remember you gave that to Barack Obama, who expanded our bombing from four countries to nine, who dropped more bombs than George Bush ever did? See, I, I, that's, the, that's the main thing. This idea that you can have some sort of a war where the people who profit from it ever are affected by it. The only ones that are affected by it are the same people who are affected by terrible policies. The commoners. Us. I'm not seeking to be an oligarch. And I'm certainly not seeking to protect them. So when you see these numbers, when you hear this information, when we have organizations such as the CIA who have been in country for a year prior, it's the plan, Stan. That's how you could hide all of this failure. For instance, the wages. Ooh, wages are going to go up. Everything's going to be great if we can just get to this utopian uh, Democrat mafia promise. Just give them control over, over everything. I'm actually more concerned about the, the drag from the, the rising prices. And so real wages have been declining. They probably declined again last month. Some, some of that would have been due to compositional issues, as, as Steve mentioned. But it's going to be hard to sustain personal consumption expenditures at the level that we've been seeing, given the price pressures. You get to sweep it all in this war. Just like Pippi Livestocking. Gas isn't high because of Biden. It isn't high because he hampered uh, American energy producers. No, not at all. It's, it's, it's high because of the war. And in the meantime, they put in their union thugs. You do know who's the, uh, the labor secretary, right? You do realize that he is a union president gangster who can barely speak, but he's got enough clout, enough money to spread around to buy himself a real important job, which is why I enjoy it when he's asked a question by a financial institution that's not of this country is there anything we can do in the short term here secretary Walsh? well i i think i think if, you, if you're talking about inflation i think what's happening here is i mean we're in the midst of a a, a worldwide pandemic uh certainly that's one we had the midst of we no, no, no. we're in the midst of it does he know what midst means hey stupid i know you spent your working career eating donuts and deciding when next break was we're not in the midst of anything you moron Dealing with supply chain issues now. Now we have a major conflict in, in the world. Uh, there it that, is. That, that where all eyes of the world are on the Ukrainian people in Ukraine, and, and I think that is. And that's where they want them. What we're in the midst of is the most corrupt, the most incompetent, someone who is clearly unfit to be president, destroying our country. That's what we're in the midst of. This is the most convenient thing that could happen to the Biden crime family and the rest of the Democrat mafia. Russia. The refiners in America also not touching Russian crude as well. They're choosing to pull back from that. Secretary Walsh, is that a good thing? Yeah, well, I, th I think, you know, as far as the conversations, there are going to be many conversations. I know that uh, here in the United States, Speaker Pelosi, uh, Senator Manchin, Senator Murkowski, and some other folks are asking for that. Uh, and, and I'm sure that uh, the president and the White House were evaluating the different situations. But again, I think that the whole world is going to continue to, to, to put sanctions on Russia as we move forward. Gibberish. Gibberish. The sanctions are on us. It's us that pay the costs of your incompetence. You haven't harmed Rootin' Tootin' Putin. 
half as much as you've harmed the average truck driver in this country, the average working man, the one that doesn't want to be on your welfare scheme, which, by the way, grows by the minute. Because as this is going on, they're sweetening the pie for EBT food stamps. They just got another emergency increase. Another amount of people that are on disability because that's the ghetto lottery. See, what I hate about this is that so many Americans are buying it. And this is a terrible conflict, and it's real, and it absolutely is. And it's been going on for 500 years. 500 years. It's terrible. But I'm more interested in those people from Ukraine who came here for stability, for freedom, for liberty, for Americanism, and the Russians that did. That's what we can control. What we can do now is pick the lesser of two evils. And by that, I mean the governments, not the people. So when the people get mad, oh, you're, you're, you're slamming the Ukrainians. I'm advocating for their peaceful, peaceful citizen life as, as, a, as an equal, not a slave to an oligarch system that they have been for decades. Matt, South Bend. John, I just, I kind of feel that Trump came in there and was changing things for the right. And then Biden went back to the old guard and just screwed it up again. He and went to the old guard because... And, and, and you know what it is, Matt? It's the money in it. You're talking it about is. we're spending $800 billion that we admit to. Do you know the CIA budget is not in our military spending? And we don't know what it is. We, the American people who pay it, we don't know what it is. Do you remember in Afghanistan when it all first began, yeah. how they went around and they had the bribe? They had to bribe those people walking around in sheets, mutilating their daughters. They were buying them. They were the good guys then. Those are called the Taliban today. I don't trust them, and I don't like them, and I don't like any public institution which is funded, and we don't have a say in it. Sorry. It's in their best interest to keep these conflicts going. Would you not agree with me, Matt? I'm 100% with you, man. Thank you. Good weekend. I got one, Matt. I got one, Matt. I might have lost two listeners. That's all right. You're going to lose them because a show like this is not for anybody. You want me to come on and do the rah-rah? Here, let's do the rah-rah, because nobody could rah-rah like John McCain. Let's do the rah-rah. Joining us now from Here his we. home state of Arizona, Republican Senator John McCain. Senator, the last time you talked to us, uh, you were actually in Kiev, met with the protesters. You Twelve years ago. And by the way, the Duchess of Chaffington was on Rachel Maddow's show saying the same thing two days ago. Even addressed the crowd there at one point. Yesterday, the uh, opposition leader and the former Prime Minister Yulia Tymoshenko was released from jail and addressed the crowds in Kiev. So I understand you've talked to uh, uh, the former Prime Minister and some of the other officials. What, what are they telling you? I've talked to them, including Vitaly Klitschko and Yulia Tymoshenko and Mr. Dasunik. Uh, they, uh, <clears throat> they are, uh, of course, overjoyed. But... There's a sobering reality here that they recognize. Remember in 2004, <clears throat> I was there when they had their first opportunity, and obviously it didn't succeed. They're aware of that, but their economic situation... By the way, what are you celebrating? Is the president that was removed for corruption that looked like Wayne Newton that was bribing Paul Manafort. The one that stoked a, a rebellion of hundreds of thousands of people for their oligarch corruption. That's what... McCain is cheering. He also awarded John McCain and Lindsey Graham some sort of medal from their country right as he was building a $2 billion mansion as the people suffered and ate their socks. See, I don't buy this nonsense. Do you? 312 642 
5600. I'll be back. AM 560. The answer. I actually love Wayne Newton's voice. I really do. It's the whole look and that Paul Manafort thing Wayne Newton's got going on. I don't like. See, but I like that about us. We're supposed to be able to think. We're not supposed to be able to uh, just blindfold ourselves with the talking points of parties. When you can see that um, these parties, this TV, this media, and every station is running the same thing, you're being inundated. You're not being informed. You know, it's funny uh, for the people that supported Trump, too, to take this to heart. This is exactly what they did from the time he won the election to the time he was a victim of, of the Biden usurpation of the office. Did the same thing. Just inundate you, inundate you with the wrong information. And I always have another rule. When Democrats are doing it, it's the wrong damn thing. Always and forever. And you could take that right down to your little municipalities as they destroy the quality of life and destroy once great cities. Jack on the north side. Hey, Sean. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Love the show. I needed that today. We got some uh, bad emails, so I like when you somebody new calls. Thank you, Jack. I just wanted to talk about these two coppers who got shot last night and uh, praying for them and their families. But then you got somebody like Kim Fox who gets up there in her presser talking out of one side of her mouth that we're going to crack down on crime and do everything we can to keep people safe. But she's the one letting these savages out on the streets to commit crimes like this. And then we got our mayor who can't even make a statement till noon. I guess she was too busy playing with that big piece of leech she's got hanging between yeah, well, her did legs. She ever call, uh, Bunny, did she ever call? I said 10,000 an inch. I really want a new convertible. She didn't call, Jack. Son of a... Anyway, uh, did you hear the story is sickening. They have the guy. I can't wait to see the rap sheet. I can't wait to see oh. the rap sheet. I'll bet you this, Jack. Let's do this. We'll have another bet. I can't get Lori Lightfoot to take my action. I'll bet you a sawbuck or a good cigar that he was released from custody less than seven days ago. You want any of that action? I'll take that. Double down. All right, perfect. Put Jack down for a sawbuck. Let's hear the story Jack's referring to. I was just mentioning we are following the situation. Two Chicago police officers shot overnight on the west side. Eric Rung is live at Mount Sinai Hospital where they're being treated this morning. Good morning, Eric. Good morning to you, and we just got an update from Superintendent David Brown a short time ago. The good news here is that both officers should be okay. One officer has a graze wound to his head. The other officer was shot in his leg. Superintendent Brown also giving us a little bit better idea of exactly what happened this morning. It all took place around 3.30 this morning at Independence and Harrison at the original Maxwell Street. Two officers were told by the superintendent were grabbing a bite to eat. One officer went inside when they saw another customer drop a gun from his waistband. The Oops. suspect picked up the gun and immediately started shooting at the officer, yeah. grazing him in the head. Then he started to shoot at the other officer who was waiting in the squad car, hitting him in the leg. Another group of officers... Near now, the good news is they got him. They absolutely have him. It's wonderful. And uh, I will tell you this. I guarantee that that guy was picked up a week ago. You want to bet? Because you're living in a city right now where just... Since the first of the year to today, 420 people were shot. Now, I agree. It's horrible what's going on in Eastern Europe. It's also horrible what's going on in Chicago. It's horrible what's going on in New York. Pick a Democrat-run sewer. And now these idiots, these corrupt morons who destroy our local communities, they're going to help Eastern Europe? 
You got to be kidding me. This is how you hide the failure. It's almost beautiful in its diabolical deception. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, the pretender-in-chief, due to his dimensions, uh, his dementia, I almost have it, um, yeah. he, re- he revealed in two phrases what his intentions are for Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we can go back two weeks ago when he helped sucker Russia into trying to take the whole country when he said, oh, I'm okay with a minor incursion. Yeah. Uh, that, was the, that was the first phrase. And then the second phrase um, was in his uh, State of the Division, I mean, State of the Union speech. At minute 45.10, he says, let's use this moment to reset. Well, yeah. if you take those two phrases, it says to me, he wants chaos. He just wants chaos to get himself out of the news. To, you I, know, I agree. It's the perfect the- thing. Thank you, David. By the way, I've never taken a cruise, but I'm assuming that the comedian on the cruise sounds like David from Lansing. Tom in Blue Island. Sean, I got two things for you, buddy. I remember, again, we're about the same age. I remember back in the day when a police officer getting shot would have been the lead story on every newscast. This morning on Dan and Amy's show, Mike Scott, it was like the fifth or sixth story. And the other thing is, I'm not a bowling pin man. The next time you call me that, you and I are going to have a problem. Have, have a good week, what, what do you got? What do you got, circus mirrors in your house? Have you ever taken a look? Get your wife on the phone. Is she there? You're clearly built like a bowling pin. All you need is a red bow tie. Lorenzo, Chicago. Hey, how are you? Uh, Illinois corruption, Illinois culture is the problem. The voters are the problem in Illinois. They keep voting these corrupt people in. Irvine, the guy that's running for uh, governor, uh, the the mayor of Aurora, uh-huh. he's not just a Democrat. He's a corrupt Democrat. But his nice, smiley lieutenant governor, she's just a bad lady, bad man, just like he is uh, to the Chinese uh, corrupt party. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you check out, if you check out Chinatown. The Sornak uh, deal that Mike Madigan is going down with, mm-hmm. he is the, uh, she is the bad lady I'm well in aware that deal. Of well aware of it. I mean, I do talk to Dan Proft often. He's broke that story a while ago, Lorenzo. Thank you very much for the call. But that's synonymous. You don't have to say Democrat and corrupt. It's just Democrat covers it. They're not a political party. They're a mafia. Which is why when they tell you something, they tell you to support something. They tell you to believe them. Get ready to pay money. It's not about success. They never get there. They're just close. We're so progressive. Are we that progressive? And they get to hide all their failure in these little nuances. In the meantime, when they tell you something, I want it's gone. I want it's gone. That's all you should be saying. 312-642-5600. AM 560, The Answer. What a great era to be an absolute scumbag in. I mean, the world is your oyster if you're an absolute and total roach. Not to mention a drug dealer. Never been more profitable with less risk than right now. Fentanyl? I don't even know what the hell it is. I certainly know it's killing a lot of people. What's the repercussions? (laughs) seems to be paying pretty good. I mean, after all, in Chicago, isn't that the only real thriving business? I think it is. Uh, And you also get to hide that failure of the Democrat mafia. And I don't just mean 
the George Soros-backed prosecutors like peanut head Kim Fox that just let the scumbag out on the streets hours after they're caught to kill and mayhem and rape and pillage and the rest of it. I'm talking about shut down the cartel stream for the Sinaloas who have never made more money. hundred million a month. That's an industry. What's the overhead? Not much. Turns out all you got to do is get across the border, except if you're in a state that's run by somebody who wants to stop it. Hi, this is Governor Greg Abbott. Today is the one-year anniversary of Operation Lone Star. We began Operation Lone Star to do the job that Washington would not do. Within weeks of taking office, President Biden turned our southern border into a porous mess where illegal immigrants wandered across the Rio Grande without anyone there to interdict them. I refused to stand by and let our state be overrun by criminals, deadly drugs like fentanyl, and victims of human trafficking. I directed 10,000 National Guard soldiers and Texas Department of Public Safety troopers to the border to defend our state. In just one short year, they've made an enormous difference. Operation Lone Star has apprehended more than 200,000 illegal immigrants. 200,000. See, now that's a Republican. When I say go to high ground, that's what I'm talking about. Now, his biggest challenger, I think, is Alan West is running against him, who's just want to, he wants to do a better job. There will not be a Democrat that runs in Texas that wins because of this kind of success. You cannot rely on a corrupt Democrat mafia, and I don't care where it is, in your municipality, in your county, in your state, in Washington, D.C. This is a great story. This is a feel-good story. Arizona has a different problem. They got a lot of Chicago Democrats. Oh, they do. And they move there, California, Chicago, and they vote Democrats. So Arizona's got a little bit more of a problem than Texas. I'll give you a quick statistic. If you look at CBP data on the dangerous individuals that have been caught coming across the border, and you look at FY21, there were 60 individuals arrested with a previous conviction for homicide or manslaughter. That's 60 just in FY21 alone. I went back and I tallied up the previous five years on that topic, and I counted 19. So So in Biden's year, times it by five, one year of presidency. And in the meantime, you're worried about the people, and you should be, in Eastern Europe. I think you should focus on exactly what kind of a problem we have here. I just had a a chance to... Visit have a viral tour about the Siemens facilities. You fracking Democrats, what you did to my country. 19 in the previous five years with a previous homicide or manslaughter conviction and 60 in FY21. Already in this next fiscal year, we've seen 22 so far this year. And then in addition to that, um, in the publicly available data, I see 1,178 that had previous assault charges, and 488 with sexual offenses. So You mean they're not just coming for jobs? You mean this isn't about bettering the life? No. This is about profiting for cartels. And Joe Biden is their greatest asset. And then why not? Because of the people that get hooked on this nonsense and have their lives destroyed, the ones who are dealing with depression and hopelessness because of Bidenomics. What's the alternative? Now you become a welfare roach. 
And that's when the Democrats really have you. Before you know it, Chicago looks normal. My point with the statistics are is that what we're seeing is these dangerous transnational criminal organizations are not just bringing in dangerous drugs through the border. They're bringing in dangerous individuals as well. Policies like MPP allow law enforcement to get back to their law enforcement duties and not be caught up in processing. And that's what I see on the ground as having a significant impact on this important issue. So when the the Biden and the Democrat mafia seizes the money on the rare occasion they bust these guys, do they give it to the people who are affected? Kind of like the billions of dollars in real estate in New York, do they give it to the people who are affected? Or do they just keep it? That's a great extortion game, boy. You almost have to love it. The failure, you can just sweep under the rug. And then once the people are dependent on you, that's called your base. Look at Chicago. Not as bad as you think if you just lower your standards, strip yourself of dignity, the idea of Americanism. You'll blend right in. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls. Oh, no, I won't. We got a guest. It's already the top of the hour. Better hurry up. Fastest show ever. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The discussion about the border is no longer a nuanced discussion on immigration. As Americans, we all support legal immigration. This is about shutting down the expressway for the Sinaloa cartel. This is about choking off the street gangs that have ruined not just big cities, millions, tens of millions of lives. The Biden administration has, in fact, enriched those street gangs to the tune they can't even imagine. I think they must be shocked. Our next guest, I first admired him as he was not just speaking truth to power, but educating morons as he talked to AOC. His name is Thomas Homan. He's a former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement. He's also a former policeman. He is now a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and I am proud to have him on. Thomas, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So um, this is no longer about immigration the way that I see it. I'm from Chicago. I'm also from a neighborhood in Chicago that was in the 70s, a hub of immigrants, both legal and illegal. At that time, it was different. It wasn't a, um, an expressway for the cartels. It developed into that. Do I have this about right? Yeah, you got it. That's right. And I've been arguing, trying to tell people, I don't care what your thoughts are on immigration, illegal immigration. This is, a, this is an immigration crisis on the board, but it's also a public safety crisis because gangs are coming across. You just mentioned over 12,000 criminals were arrested by the Border Patrol. And there's a half a million gotaways, half a million people that didn't get arrested by the board patrol. People say, what do you call that number? Well, it's based on drone traffic, camera traffic, and sensor traffic. There's, no, there's, there's, there's recordings of this that board patrol couldn't respond to. So it's a, it's, it's a public safety crisis for the criminals. It's a public health crisis because of COVID and TB and, and fentanyl. I mean, the fentanyl, is, you know, DEA says 95% of fentanyl comes to the southwest border. It's not a coincidence. The same year you have historic illegal immigration numbers we've never seen before in the history of this nation. 
they have over 100,000 overdose deaths. And finally, it's a national security crisis. Again, Border Patrol has arrested 16 people on the FBI screening database. That's who they arrested. So obviously, this 16 people were morons because it would be terrorists that wanted to get arrested. So how many of the 500,000 gotaways are known as suspected terrorists? How many of them were gang members? How many of them were carrying fentanyl? That's the issue. So this, this is much bigger than an immigration crisis. And the reality is, if you catch them, the way you're giving me numbers on people you caught, is there any way to quantify the people you didn't? I mean, how could you even, how could you argue an unknown? But it's clear to assume many, many, many more got through. Is that right? Yeah, that's why I say, you know, based on, you know, the, 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 the drone traffic and the camera traffic board could respond to, they're, they're estimating 500,000 gotaways. But that's what's based on camera traffic, drone traffic, and sensor traffic. They're recorded. But how many didn't get recorded? How many did? How many went down a trail there wasn't a sensor? How many went down in a trail or a road there wasn't happened to be a drone at the time? Yeah. So we have no idea how many gotaways there are. And you know there was something a phenomenon that I I heard of not that long ago something called the sanctuary city. I can't help but notice it's like the one I'm from the sewer of Chicago, as the Democrat mafia really kind of lured uh, uh, these kind of people. To the country by saying all you have to do is get here then we'll protect you is that even something that it, when it first happened when they first started to talk about this concept of a sanctuary city i thought to myself well that's nullification of federal law how is that even legal well again the trump administration uh, was fighting that in courts but of course when biden became president he ended those court cases but it, it's look. I said it wasn't. I said I said for a long time it wasn't uh, that it wasn't legal. Matter of fact, I took out a hate for one Fox interview I did where I said politicians need to be investigated. And I actually, know people say Holman says politicians, sanctuary cities need to be arrested. That's not what I said. What I said was when I was a special agent, I arrested U.S. citizens for harboring and aiding and abetting illegal aliens in their place of employment or in their homes. If I can arrest a U.S. citizen for harboring an illegal alien in his home. Why can't I arrest a politician who harbors an illegal alien in a jail, a taxpayer in front of jail? They won't give us access to that person. When they ran his fingerprints, they bounced against DHS databases, so we know for a fact he's been arrested before, he's been deported before, he's sitting in that jail right there. And you're not going to let federal agents go in there and talk to him? Isn't that harboring? And that was my argument. I wanted DOJ to look at it. But, again, the Biden administration dropped that case, too. So, Thomas, when, when uh, Joe Biden usurped the office and uh, we saw all of the caravans that were coming through South America, and they, some of them, I remember, had Biden T-shirts on, and it was a big story for about a month. And there were tens of thousands of people, and then there was the issue with the Haitians under the bridge. Now, for the last, I don't know, five, six months, I hear nothing. Did they just go away? No, and that's, that's, it's, it's really sad. It's pathetic that the only network covering this is, is Fox. And look, they they, they, even they haven't covered it the last couple of weeks just because of what's going on in Ukraine. Look, I, I, I bet you, I bet you dollars to donuts that the chief patrol agent, the secretary, uh, they, they're welcoming that this is off the, the front pages right now because the numbers have not slowed down. Like the numbers went down six percent last month, according to the, to the administration, went down six percent. First of all, it's no big deal. Second of all, it hasn't really went down. When you when you have when, when illegal apprehensions go down, that just means there's more gotaways. They got less border traders on the border, which means they're catching less. Like you just mentioned, Haitians on the bridge in Del Rio. Do you know that week when those Haitians were on the bridge, they pulled every border agent out of the sector into that area to process those folks? 
That means there wasn't a single border patrol agent, not one, within 224 miles of border. So, you know, this, this, the numbers have not slowed down for a minute. Matter of fact, springtime, they're going to they're go back up again. I uh, had a clip of, of Governor Abbott who took matters to a certain extent. You know, here's the thing. I don't know because, like Joe Biden, I'm not at the border. But it looks like Texas has kind of taken matters into their own hands. They're even talking about constructing a wall and this type of thing. Under the, the kind of administration we have, which is a combination of corruption, incompetence, and pure laziness, as Democrats often are, isn't that really the solution for the border states themselves to say the help is not going to come from the federal government? They are incompetent if I'm kind. Do they not Absolutely. still have the right to do that? Absolutely do. Governor Abbott, he's done more to secure our border than this, anybody in this administration. Matter of fact, in, and I've been working real close with his attorney general's office, Ken Paxton and his guys. I've written more affidavits student the Biden administration than I did my whole damn career in 34 years. And what is 3-0? What is 3-0 against the Biden administration? I just testified last week in Houston. I was on the stand for four hours. While DOJ was, you know, raking me over the coals, which I couldn't believe because a couple years ago when I was ice director, DOJ backed me up on suing California. So there's sanctuary laws, but now to fast forward to Joe Biden administration, DOJ got me up on a stand trying to justify why they shouldn't enforce the law. It's, just, it's incredible. But Texas has done a lot, and Texas can do one more thing, and we actually had some of our uh, constitutional scholars, his attorneys, on Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, saying it, when, when there's, a, when there's a, something like this going on the border, when there's an invasion, that the government can not only enforce immigration law, he can also enforce immigration law and deport so they haven't been decided that they're going to do it, but the attorney general in Phoenix said it classified an invasion that we could use that section of the Constitution. So that's being looked at right now, and I hope uh, the state of Texas does it. Thomas, I remember when um, Harry Reid, and boy, oh, boy, am I glad he's not here anymore. Harry Reid was actually pro-border security. I remember when Joe Biden was pro-border security. Are there any Democrats, to your knowledge? I mean, you've encountered these politicians on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You've testified before Congress and the rest of it. Is the, should this even be a, a political issue? Is this not about the quality of life in this country? And have you encountered Democrats that either quietly support you or 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 vocally support a secure border? Well, you know, there's a few still out there. Henry Cuellar in Texas is one of them. You know, he, he lives down in his sector, you know, borders the, the border. He, he, he likes to see a secure border. He also likes to see immigration reform. But, look, Joe Biden voted for the Secure Fence Act in, two, you know, in 2006. He, he, he wanted to build uh, barriers on the border the wall. Uh, uh, Hillary Clinton voted for it. Barack Obama voted for it. You know, and uh, Chuck Schumer voted for it. Now all these people, they, they say laws are, laws are useless in and uh, uh, Jen Psaki stood there after we stopped building walls, and we stopped building walls because it wasn't effective, which is a stone-cold lie. The data, anybody go to the CBP website and look at the data. Every place they put a border barrier, every single place, illegal immigration went down, illegal drug flow went down. It's worked. It's effective. It's not the end-all, the be-all, but it's a great tool for the Border Patrol. But, but right now, the left has gone crazy. They, they've bit off on the progressive open borders agenda, Joe Biden sold himself out, sold this country out, sold our sovereignty out to become president. That's just a stone-cold fact. He knew when he was making all these promises of open border, to abolish ICE, award amnesty, have a moratorium on deportations. He knew that would cause a surge. 
but he didn't care because he needed a progressive left vote to win that election, so he sold himself out to get it. The sad thing is, once he became president, he kept his promises and all those things. So we're going to, what we can do, I'm going to continue to keep suing him. I'm working with the state of Florida, the state of Arizona, the state of Texas. We're going to sue him every, minute, every second we get. But hopefully we can take back Congress in 2022, but it's not going to change until we take the White House back. No, I agree with you. Uh, I'm, I I fled to Florida myself when COVID started. I, like uh, the governor of Illinois' wife, we went to a better state. And um, it turns out Governor DeSantis, I couldn't be more proud of him. And he found out about the airdrops in the middle of the night that were going throughout our country. He actually rallied the people of Florida, bipartisan, and said if this were to happen after the, after the, the man was murdered from the, the kid who said he was 17 and was 20-something years old, he said, if this is to happen again, there's actually in the Florida budget money to take the illegal aliens that are dropped off and deliver them to Delaware. All of a sudden, it seems to have stopped a little bit in Florida. Is that still going on throughout the country? Yes, this is happening. I've been down the Rio Grande Valley you know, six times in the last eight months. And every time I fly out of Rio Grande Valley to get a connecting flight in Dallas, my plane is at least 70% illegal aliens with their little manila envelope and their taxpayer-funded flights to any place they want to go in this country. Tickets to New York and Vermont and Los Angeles and Seattle and Chicago. And we're, and we're finding them there. Us, the taxpayers, will find them there. We, the, this Biden administration is complicit in alien smuggling, especially with the children. I mean, parents are hiring smuggling organizations to smuggle their child to the border. Because they know they'll be given to HHS, and they know they'll contact the parents, so they'll give them to the parents. And often those kids are molested, and the sex traffic is also Absolutely. something yes, that's never are. mentioned. Yes, you know, before I let you go, I want to ask one thing, because my dearest friend in life was is Cuban. And his family was there as Castro turned that once beautiful island into a prison camp. And we used to have a law that I personally supported, and it was called the dry foot law for Cubans. And all they had to do was, was have a dry foot, touch American soil, and they were here. Is it not the epitome of irony that the Biden administration canceled that law that saved people fleeing communism, yet doesn't prosecute the people who are coming here to take advantage of what appears to be both our drug trade and our welfare system? Is that shocking by, by all standards? Has that, has that shocked you? Somebody who's in this field yeah, as much as it has now, me. Now, it shocks me because these people are actually are fleeing persecution. There's right. no argument there. And 90% of Central Americans who claim asylum at the border never win their case because they simply don't qualify. But, but they're going to let them in and release them. You know, to, to, if 90% lose their case, they'll be in a win. But it also shocks me since the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is Cuban. stopped the Cuban uh, assistance, and he's Cuban. He came here as a, a refugee from Cuba. <laughs> Thomas, I, I got to tell you, I so love watching you. Please keep it up. I am so proud of you, and I mean that in the best sense of the word. You give me hope because it's nice to see somebody putting up a fight who has Americanism, common sense, and the and the gumption to continue to please to put up the fight. So thank you very much, Thomas Holman. I so appreciate you coming on. All right, keep an eye. Twenty twenty four. I'll be talking to you from the White House. I love that, and uh, I want you to run. Damn it! Either way, you let me know. You got it, man. All right, thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. The thing to focus on is that things are this bad in a year. Hopefully they can get that good in a year.
problem is, are we going to have to wait two or four? Obviously four for the kind of changes that we need. Because I believe that um, during the next year and a half, the Biden regime, the Biden crime family, will manage to squeak through yet another spending bill. I'm very, very nervous that they would be able to do so. But when you look at our economy, you have to. We're broke. Broke. When you realize that the vast majority of people are subsidized in one form of government cheese or another, and you realize that we're butted up against the pretend debt ceiling we don't really have, and you couple that with inflation that we're lying to each other about, you see the kind of communists and union thuggery that's infiltrated our government. The union thuggery will protect itself while destroying the rest of the nation. When I hear this moron, Walsh, speak of the economy, it lets you know it's going to be a long year, a very long year. Here. I know that you've I mean, been the, looking. The, the, the pictures on the pictures that we're seeing broadcast from Ukraine are horrible. No, they're um, when you when you go after b- buildings with older people in the schools, uh, it's just uncalled for. So when refiners pull back, I guess what I'm trying to work out, Secretary Walsh, is that you've tried for an energy carve out. You're the labor secretary. What about American labor? A lot of people still don't want to touch crude, even if there is a carve out. I want to understand the message the administration is sending right now. Do you want refiners to buy that crude? Or do you want them to step back from it? Is that a welcome development, even though the sanctions aren't there? Well, again, I'm not in a position to be able to speak on that right now. I know that uh, as the president had laid out the sanctions last week, or actually the last, over the last 10 days, uh, he's been very thoughtful in doing them, working. Yeah, he's been super thoughtful. In the meantime, you're paying $5 a gallon. It's not just the gas. It's every aspect of every commodity you digest. Eat! The, the, the concern should be high enough that people are calling for what needs to be done. What needs to be done when you can separate the the failures of the Biden administration, when you could focus on the corruption, what unequivocally needs to be done is Joe Biden needs to be impeached tonight. Mary Elmhurst. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, the, the one thing I wanted to comment on is nobody ever talks about the environmental impact of 11 million illegal people in our country. And that's what angers me the most is the, you know, the water, the sewage, the garbage, the land, the overcrowding. You know, I mean, that, that's not yeah. something that I invited. No, but here's the problem with that argument. You, you, well, that is the argument of the, of the eco-Nazi. The, you know, if you read, I've read pretty much all that I could tolerate of the eco-Nazi's opinion on the climate. From the silence of the birds and the rest of it. Their argument is there's too many people in the world. Here's the problem with that argument. This country well, that is, true, is, is no, it's absolutely false. This country is 6% developed. Our country. You could take every single human being in the world and move them into Texas, and you would have the density of New York City. You know that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every single person in the world in just Texas, and you'll have the density of New York City. So this okay, well, argument, okay, that's, but that's this, just addressing density, not garbage, sewage, water usage. Correct, but who, you know who solved that is we, the private citizen. No government did. Our country is the cleanest, not because of our government intervention, because of our own private companies that came up with that solution, our own ability to handle that. We are not at that level of even near panic. So I hate to use the left's argument to substantiate the point of 
our mm-hmm. position. It's it, it it's it's slippery slope because here's the other thing: they're wrong when they want to limit humanity, because that falls into every every aspect of everything evil that they subscribe to. They want to limit mm-hmm. humanity so they make it harder to be alive. That's the trick they don't want you to see, and I reject that premise. But I do appreciate the call, Mary. Does that make okay, sense? Okay, well, thank you. Thank yeah, you. it does. I love, I love that. See, that's what you're supposed to do. Because once you can expose, this isn't a party about happiness, about utopia. This is a party of feudalism and force. The Democrat Party does not have a policy that is not steeped in force or restraint. That is their policy. There's too many people. There's too many people making too much money. There's not enough prosperity to go around, so we have to take it from some to give to another. They're wrong. And we didn't even get on to how exhaling is pollution. That's a great legal scam, though. What a weapon to be used for us. That's why when you think that uh, they want things to be better for you, this is a party of hate, of restraint, of force. We're coming off of two years of witnessing it real close. You do see it, don't you? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. You know, it's funny. When I first got the job, my wife would say, you mean to tell me the thing that gets us thrown out of parties and you in fistfights that are going to pay you for? Yeah, that's it. Because sometimes my opinions don't fit any specific category. I told you my favorite expression. I think, therefore, I am. I like to think things through, and I like to look on just not just my experience, but the experience of this country. What makes this country great? What makes this country great are when the citizens understand what Americanism is. Oftentimes, those people who understand what Americanism is weren't born into it. You see, the morons that want to give it away, those are the trust fund babies like Pritzker. The lowlifes that want to destroy freedom and turn it into a collectivism, as you just saw over the last 24 months, are Americans, multi-generation Americans. They're the ones that have destroyed the freedom, the individuality, the idea of the enlightenment, and the beauty of Americanism. It's not foreigners. It's within. The enemy within. The Marxist within. So how do you save the country, in my opinion? It's by taking people who have been oppressed and victims of this Marxist, communist, socialist, Fourth Reich ideology that the Democrat mafia now holds and now promotes and now puts in law. Those are the people, in my opinion, that will save this country. There's simply not enough Americans like you and me. You saw it in the last election. Now, I've got William Barr who says that the election wasn't stolen. He doesn't understand why I feel it was stolen. I feel it was stolen because the corrupt Democrat mafias implemented through their pretend judges a way to circumvent state legislatures that changed the voting laws so ballot harvesting could stuff the ballot boxes in very key areas. That's exactly what happened. That's how you're going to tell me 81 million people voted. And by the way, if you hear that I'm not afraid to be shut off YouTube, it's because we're on uh, Rumble now, too. You can find us there. It's because clearly those ballot boxes in very specific areas were stuffed. So we need more people steeped in Americanism. Because if you couldn't win against this diaper-wearing political whore for half a century, you cannot win unless you get more people who understand what Americanism is. People are relying on Frank Lutz to tell you the polls 
of the immigrants and the, or of the of the independents and the Democrats. He had a speech. They inundate you with propaganda for three days. He's got more support again today. So who's going to come here and change things? Are the good immigrants that aren't coming here for welfare, coming here for America? Now, how do you get that done? You get that done not through immigration reform. You get that done through welfare reform and a merit-based immigration system, which ironically is what Donald Trump believed in. Another policy I agreed with him on. See, I agreed with some. I disagreed with others. That's what we're supposed to do. Dave in Villa Park. Oh, yeah. Hi. Thanks, Sean, for, for the um, letting me call in. Anytime. You actually just uh, <laughs> you just clarified my question. I just wanted you to kind of expound upon that. Um, so I appreciate it. I'm in 100% agreement with you, brother. Oh, good. Good. We're going to yell. You don't you know, get a lot some of the, yelling. Some of the <laughs> no, some of the... Um, the best like you said the contributors contributors to our society and our culture those that have the values of you know hard work and and um you know putting their kids i'll just tell you one thing i'm in education um at at higher ed i should say and um there are more first generation college students from hispanic latino backgrounds than there's ever been at our institution um, there's some of our best and brightest coming up. And what you see is you see uh, a real, you can see it in the polls, which I agree with you 100%, those polls are garbage, Yeah. Um, most, most of them. But you can see it in the polls that even in their garbage polls, the, the demographics are shifting. A lot of Hispanics are not buying what they're selling from no. the left. So I'll and you know, Dave, let you. Thank you, Dave. And, you know, my, my yeah. opinion comes because I'm from Melrose Park. Melrose Park in the 70s was a strong area for illegal immigrants and legal Mexican descent to come to. Some of the people who appreciated America the best were those people who saw what it's like to live without it. That's who's going to save us. Not the trust fund scumbag, butter-handed Democrat who just wants a little more welfare cheese. Ironically, what will save us will be what we're seeing in Eastern Europe. These Ukrainian people who were already upset at the corruption in the Ukrainian government and now are under attack, I want them all here. That's the beauty of Chicago. We have a very high population of Polish, Ukrainian, all the rest of it. I want them all here because they're the best Americans. They just need driver's ed. Forgive me, I'm from Elmwood Park. You, you get caught by one of those Polish Ferraris. You know what a Polish Ferrari is, Squirrel Hands? It's a, it's a Mitsubishi with that scary bird from the Polish flag on the hood. You want to stay away from those cars. They drive like crazy in Elmwood Park. Ed, Chicago Heights. Hi, Sean. Uh, I was on Dan and Amy this morning, and I mentioned to them the um, fact that you brought a montage up yesterday of yeah. all the disinform yeah the disinformation. I believe you're the lone voice in the wilderness. Oh, thank you, brother. What did Dan do? He might he, he probably didn't like that. Dan don't like that. He said, "Oh yeah, no, he didn't like it. Amy." I, I heard her whom, and then Dan uh, said, "Disinformation by whom." Uh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what Dan does because we have these discussions in private, which by the way, if you were there, you'd love those. Cause there's some swearing involved. Ed, I'm going to play it just because of you. Thank you very much. Oh, it's brilliant. Right. And thank you. All thank right. you for being uh, courageous enough to do that. Yeah. That's the beauty when you have enough friends and you don't care what people think. Thank you, Ed. I will tell you what Ed is referring to. What Ed is referring to is the barrage of information we have. I for no minute doubt that the Ukrainian people are under attack. For no minute. They have been. The war has been going on since John McCain could tie his own shoes. It's all true. 2004. 
then again in 2012, then again in 2015. It's always been like that. And the poor Ukrainian people, like some, not all, but a very small fraction of the Chicagoans, are held captive by the corruption. So my answer has always been, I just want to clarify it. I just want to clarify it. And this was a montage that was put together by, I believe it's called um, uh, Rising, uh, uh, a network, a news media outlet, who was tricked into playing some false propaganda. So this is what Ed was referring to. Well, there's no doubt. Emotions are running very high in the war between Russia and Ukraine. People are upset, in shock, and disbelief. But one thing that isn't helping at all is the unbelievable amount of fake images and videos being spread, not only on social media, but also by legitimate news outlets. I even made the mistake myself here on Rising on Friday when I stated I was impressed with Zelensky getting into full military gear to fight on the front lines. Turns out that was an image from last April. I fell for it. I apologize. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in falling for it. Bild, a political news outlet in Germany, shared a video of what looked to be a horrific bombing by the Russians in Kiev during one of their broadcasts. But it turns out the footage was from a 2015 chemical explosion in Tianjin, China. Oops. Newsmax used a photo of a crying older woman standing in front of her devastated home with the caption, the current devastation in Ukraine. But the photo was from 2015. An Whoa. Italian news broadcast used footage from the video game War Thunder when talking about the war <laughs> in Ukraine. No doubt viewers seeing a rain of missiles were horrified. So Graphics. I want to go through some of the most egregious examples of the fake news circulating around. But I, I have to it. preface this. Because we are in a Western nation that is supportive of Ukraine in this conflict. The vast majority of the fake news that we see circulating is anti-Russian. So I'll be debunking a lot of this type of information. However, see, now that's the disclosure that the, the, the young lady, who I'm sure is wonderful, got mad at me for. I am not siding with Russia. I'm the one that said, let's cut Putin's head off. Remember that? Let's blow his houses up. That's when the other guy got mad at me. But the key is, let's get it right. And let's not be tricked again, like the Gulf of Tonkin or weapons of mass deception. I have no doubt similar fake news is circulating in Russia and in pro-Russian countries, showing fake news that is disparaging of Ukrainians. We're just not seeing much of it, so I can't debunk it. So keep this in mind before you lash out at me and call me a pro-Putin Russian asset at the end of this segment. So let's start with what I think is the most astonishing example of fake news circulating. It was being reported that 13 heroic soldiers on Snake Island were confronted by a a Russian warship. The audio recording shows the Russians telling the Ukrainians to lay down their arms to avoid bloodshed and unjustified deaths. The Ukrainians are infamously heard saying, Russian warship, go F yourself. It was then reported they fought valiantly until they were all killed by the Russians. President Zelensky even announced he would posthumously award the men medals of valor. Well, it turns out whomever claimed they had died was mistaken. Instead, the Ukrainian border guard disputed whether anyone was killed. And shortly after, video footage emerged of the Russians giving food and water to the 82 men, not 13, from Snake Island, who were then being transferred to Crimea. Some of the Would you like key lime pie after your meal? 312. 642-5600. I'll be back. AM560. The answer. Okay, I got to take... I got so many calls. We don't have a lot of time, though, huh, kid? All right, I'm going to take two calls here. All right, you know, guys, you got to go fast, but I'm going to take you because you're relevant. Brian and Beverly. 
Hey, what's going on, Sean? I just wanted to call about Ukraine and why I think they're questionable to stand with. You know, everyone wants to stand with Ukraine right now, but um, one stand with the cor- people of both countries. But go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, the regular everyday people, but it's a very corrupt country where human trafficking, it's, it's the number one place in the world for human trafficking. They're neo-Nazis. We support the Spoboda party that it's John McCain back in the day, uh, you know, Victoria Newland. And, Brian, uh, it's like you listening to my show. I love it. I covered this. In fact, Brian, I have the clip no. of the neo-Nazi that was bragging yesterday. Yesterday, here. He's bragging about starting the war. He's bragging. And I'm not suggesting that, they, that, he's, that it's infiltrated 100%. I'm not. I'm saying I recognize now, look. that we, we, our Congress, passed a law that we recognize that along with Canada. Brian, don't get mad. I had to take you. I got 30 seconds. Mike and Schomburg, the movie is actually called 12 Strong. And you're right. It is like that movie. I can't believe, I, I, I'm sorry guys, fastest show on radio. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. The other day, while discussing the most successful gangster in organized crime history, Michael Madigan, to watch the lowlife Rod Blagojevich complain about the corruption of Mike Madigan while profiting from it was really too much for me to uh, handle. See, the problem isn't one particular mafia member. It's the mafia in general. No one wants to talk about those people who bribed the little yard gnome gangster Mike Madigan. I do. I like talking about it. Because you know what? Come hell or high water, they're going to profit. That's just the way it goes. Amy Corte, and I probably butchered your name wrong, Corte, excuse me, is the vice president of policy for the Illinois Policy Institute. Thank God for the Illinois Policy Institute. Um, She wants to come on to discuss how the unions are going to win no matter what, even though Illinois is responsible for the Janus case. There's the irony. Amy, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. So where am I going wrong here? (laughs) Um, I, well... I don't know that you're going wrong at all. I'm just uh, happy to be here. And, yeah, unfortunately, there's some uh, some bad legislation on the horizon if Illinois voters don't stop it. Now, let me guess. They wrapped it in a bill called Unicorns and Lollipops, and they probably tied it to an amendment. Am I right? Uh, yeah, basically. So this is a constitutional amendment that will be on the ballot in November, and it's called the Workers' Rights Amendment, but it's actually more like uh, cementing into the Illinois Constitution a lot of sweetheart deals for government unions that come at the expense of taxpayers. So that's kind of wordy, but that's what, in essence, this would do. It's not wordy. I like the name of it. What is it again? It's the workers' what? What's it called? The workers? The the proponents are calling it the Workers' Rights Amendment, but it does way more than that. Does it it have a hammer and a sickle with it? 
Does it have a hammer and not, sickle? N- <laughs> not that I've seen, but it does, uh, it does promise to cement some really bad deals right into the Illinois Constitution where they would be impossible to unwind. So now they have already the gift of gifts that they call a pension system, even though it has nothing to do with return on investment or any shenanigans. What it really is, is an employment contract. And that somehow is in the Constitution that you have to take literally from the people who are actively working rather than pay them. If things get real bad, you have to divert that to the people that are on that that scandal of a system. So that's one of the things that already is in the Constitution of Illinois. So right, and what is this? Well, how one, could that get worse? Like a, yeah, it's actually the the pension clause that makes it so hard to reform our very heavily indebted state pension systems and to try to rein in some of those out of control costs for taxpayers. That's so hard to reform because it's embedded right in the Illinois Constitution that you can't diminish any of those benefits. And the the Amendment 1 that will be on the ballot this coming November that deals with um, right to work, but only in a very minuscule way. It actually doesn't affect right to work. We don't even have right to work in Illinois already. But what this does, it goes way beyond that. And it basically provides that any union contract um, would basically have the power of the Illinois Constitution. And the General Assembly could never, ever rein in any of those rights that, say, a government union got in its contract negotiation. Any union contract. So this is this only applies right. to the unions that are already embedded in the mafia system of Illinois. It doesn't It say... really is largely about government unions. Federal law governs private unions. So while this has language about private sector unions, federal law already covers that. So this is really about giving Illinois government unions more power so they can negotiate (laughs) anything in contract negotiations. I mean, way beyond just wages, economic security, workplace safety. There's no limit to what they would be able to negotiate. And then once that's in a union contract, it carries the weight of the Illinois Constitution and even a statute passed by a unanimous General Assembly could not undo it. That is uh, so like, let's take, for example, my favorite gangster section of Illinois, the tollway, where the real gangsters gangsters are. And they have their helicopters and all the rest of it. And they have all those facilities spread out throughout Illinois that are already magnificent in this contract, per se. It could say, I want a urinal in every bathroom so we don't make the transgender employees feel bad. And they boom, they Magic comes and they have to put a $500,000 urinal in the, in the ladies' room. That could hypothetically be in this contract where you couldn't even argue with it. Is that the way I or am I misinterpreting it? Anything that could be considered a workplace condition, a condition of work, could be negotiated into a contract. And that goes way beyond just your mere wages. And then that would carry the weight of the Constitution. And, you know, a lot of those, our pension system is is really the worst funded in the nation and our debt is the most compared to our revenues. We have the worst crisis in pensions in the United States. Yeah. And a lot of those sweetheart deals that you, you mentioned, uh, former House Speaker Mike Madigan in your intro, a lot of those sweetheart deals that Mike Madigan negotiated, or I don't even know if you can call it a negotiation, that implies there's some pushback going on, but a lot of those sweetheart deals that he gave to public unions would never be able to be undone if this passes and is in the Constitution. 
So it really would cement that kind of a, you know, corrupt sort of environment. Man, I should have been a gangster. You know, I could have been a gangster. There's no question about it. I could I could lean in the middle of the car and drive one of those big Cadillacs with my hand over like nobody else. I'm from Melrose Park. They teach us how to drive that way. And the reality is once you get this in position, you already have a system where they are beyond reproach. All that will happen is it will continue to grow and grow and grow, just like every other of these union gangster contracts. And um, how can you stop it? where the Republicans are in a super-duper minority. And by the way, the Republicans that are there were about four good ones. So how can you stop it? I mean, we really don't stand a chance. This is going to breeze through, is it not? Well, I think that if more and more Illinoisans become educated and familiar with what this uh, amendment, this nice-sounding amendment, actually does, I think they will realize it is very expensive and they're the ones putting the bill. So I I think that as more people become aware of it and we are working to educate people on what this would mean for our state, then I I think it won't sound so, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns after a while. I give you people the greatest credit of all because I've talked to numerous people from the Illinois Policy Institute. I mean, you're wonderful. You know the statistics. You know the reality. And in this particular case where you have such an organized, rigged game, where you have a union crime syndicate, labor extortion mafia that is taking the dues of the workers and bribing contributing to the politicians who are in essence supposed to negotiate against them you get these kind of fluffy feather bedding policies which used to be frowned upon uh, by all citizens that were not in on the scam however when you can hide it in these bills and hide it from the light of day and go really unscathed in what sh- in a normal state, would be a tremendous scandal of of a, of a former Speaker of the House for 30 years or 37 years, whatever it is, being under indictment. Shouldn't anything that was passed be reviewed, be scrutinized? Because if you caught this guy as a gangster the way you said you did, and you obviously did, shouldn't everything he touched then be ripped off of the of the backs of the Illinois citizen, the one not in on the BS scam? Well, you know, I think uh, sunshine is the best disinfectant, and I think that everything should be reviewed. And, you know, people need to know what is actually going on when they're not in the room. And when you have unions funding politicians to the tune that they do, and in the Madigan case, um, committees that he controlled took over $10 million over the course of uh, 26 years from unions, public unions mostly, when when that's going on and taxpayers aren't in the room where those deals are being made, then, yeah, all this stuff should be reported on. Everybody should know what all these deals look like and what the tab is at the end of the day. They're, they're very expensive, these arrangements that have been uh, arrived at without the taxpayers at that negotiating table. I just paid uh, property taxes on, unfortunately, two properties I still have in the sewer of Illinois. Haven't they really found a perfect system in order to fraud um, the people on when you have over 66% of downtown real estate um, owned property has hired the mafia front of the Madigan law firm to uh, get rid of taxes? I mean, how how do you think you're going to how can you win when so many people are in on the fix? Right. Well, that is definitely a a really great, you know, point there about how 
um, how much conflict of interest there is. And a lot of those ethics rules really need to be beefed up to to prevent people who are, for example, a property tax lawyer from passing legislation that affects property taxes. That's a clear conflict of interest. And there's nothing in Illinois statute right now prohibiting lawmakers from voting on uh, you know, bills where they do have a conflict of interest. So some of those ethics laws really need to be further strengthened. When you saw the the greasy weasel, uh, Tony Roscoe, get released from prison, and you see his son, who I hope looks like the mother, buy up a, a property outside of Cabrini Green for $13.5 million, you figure, ah, he's in his 20s. Sure, he made the money legally. Do you, how do you stay optimistic? Because you're in the know, Amy. You're looking at this. You're an expert in this field. Isn't it something in this sewer, this mafia hub of Chicago, where you say, how could the people be so fracking stupid as to think this is acceptable when this 20-something-year-old son of a gangster just gets another sweetheart deal on the backs of the people of in Illinois? Well, you know, I think this indictment is making a lot of people probably really think about, you know, whose side do you want to be on? You don't look so great, you know, after a while, if you've been shaking hands with people who are self-dealing all along. And some of those um, state lawmakers, even in Madigan's own party, they're the ones who started standing up to him and saying, we won't vote for you for speaker again before he was even indicted. And, you know, people who were standing with him back then and insisting that he should still be speaker in the fall of 2020 when all these investigations started coming to light, they're the ones who look bad now. So I, I think that as more of this comes out, you know, this investigation isn't over yet. I think that the uh, people of Illinois are definitely looking closely at this. And I think they've had enough and that they should uh, they should definitely make their voices heard. I love your optimism. I mean, I love it. It's intoxicating. I will say it's a great uh, state. It's worth fighting for. Okay, I have flip flops on, but okay. I want to tell you this. (laughs) Um, I believe that Pritzker, whose family has been interwoven with the Democrat mafia for generations, is he mentioned in this indictment? Do you know of? I know that uh, former Speaker Madigan in the indictment definitely was um, alleged to have spoken with the governor about appointing certain friends of Madigan to, uh, you know, uh, executive agency boards. I think Alderman Solis uh, was the person um, who is maybe going to get a, a board position. So I know the governor, um, you know, was interviewed by the uh, feds in in, uh, in this investigation. Now, you've been doing this for such a long time. Are you as angry as I am when you see that con man who looks like a chipmunk, Rod Blagojevich, come on and pretend to be outraged by the corruption when he is a creature of it? And if it wasn't for his wife, Sweet Polly Purebred, he, you wouldn't even know this idiot's name. Are you as upset at that as I am? I don't take it too seriously. I mean, I don't See? think he takes himself nice too seriously way to either. sidestep it, Amy. I love that you did that. Thank you so much for coming on. I want you to keep up the good work, and I want you to update me on some more chicanery that may have slipped by me. And if anything ever happens with that greasy weasel, Tony Resco's son, will you uh, contact me immediately? I'm sure you'll hear about it. Thank you so much. He is Amy Cordy, the Illinois Policy Institute vice president. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM 560, The Answer. Cause I'm a gangster.
All right, Bunny, either call Johnny C., my lawyer, or my other lawyer, 380 pounds of free legal advice, Chubby Joey. And I want you to copyright Greasy Weasel. I think that would be a great name for a strip joint. I'm going to the Greasy Weasel tonight. Oh, come on. That's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Of course, I'd have to put Tony Resco's face on it somewhere. That's not going to get a lot of people in there. What a scumbag. Uh, Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, I got, uh, I'm not going to talk about the precinct strategy today, even though right. that Trump has endorsed it. And, yeah. and Does Trump Dallas know about Irving? Anyhow, Does he know about the Illinois, f- the scum Republicans, the kind like Tom Brady that have cozied up to Mike Madigan so much in that Irish mafia? They're, they're all interwoven yeah. with each other. Come on. All right, go ahead. What were you going to say? As I said, I'm, that's not what I was talking about. Calling about. Yeah. I was calling to congratulate you. I see you on Rumble now. Oh, but I, I do know. have one question for uh, well, there was one question I was going to say. I was going to say, is that really your face, or did your pants fall down? <laughs> oh, very good. We'll let him get in with that. Austin, Texas. Uh, Matt, Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. How are you? you know, I, I'm, going to be, I, I'm going to be looking you up in a few years when I'm able to escape this shit all over this. Oh, you can't swear. Did you dump him? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right, go ahead. Hey, Finish what you want to say. Real quick. Yeah. I, I reached out to you a few months ago. I was talking to a lady who works in your cigar shop. I was buying some cigars. You got that bulldog up front. I, I texted you to buy that thing from you. You said, no, the bulldog stays. But now that you're in Florida, are you willing to give up the bulldog? The bulldog stays. The store must go. We'll figure all that out. You call me offline. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. Don't I, swear. Don't swear. Don't swear. Beth, Juliet. Hi, Sean. Hi, Beth. Just calling about bad bills in Illinois. House Bill 1167 passed democratically, of course, which discriminates against unvaccinated teachers. They won't get paid for COVID-related illness unless they're vaccinated. This is the kind of stuff I love, though, Beth. I am so glad you said that because you know how many people didn't know that? The only people don't know that your insurance companies didn't pay a lick. The federal government yeah. picked up the check on everything. How many hospitals got money just for counting and, misabu- and and miscounting the COVID cases and all the rest of the BS? And you know what I love too, Beth? Everyone's distracted now. Everyone. They're in the, with with one one news story. One. And it's one it's, other it's, thing, the uh, cost of this is going to the local school district. They cannot anticipate the cost. Beth. So there go your real estate taxes again. I what mean, if I, we did that with say people overweight? You can't you can't get paid time off because you didn't lose your weight. How are you going to get these fat bastards to put a law against fat bastards? Have you taken a look at the Illinois Democrats? How many are actually in shape? Five (laughs) percent. No experimentation involved in losing weight is good for your health. There is experimentation involved with vaccines. Although I will, I will miss the masks on these Democrat women, Beth. I will. I don't know about you. There's <laughs> well, one, at least one good policy. Because Dr. Awardi makes me throw up in my mouth every time I see her. Thank you very much, Beth. <laughs> I do appreciate the call. I got an email from a, from a lady yesterday who was a fan of the show, was mad at me about the Ukraine thing. And, that, you know, it bothers me when people listen and they, they get mad when they start out being good people. When they're Illinois Democrats, I hope to God you can't stand me. That's how I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Because when an Illinois Democrat is on your team, odds are you're in a lie. Odds are you're in a scam. That's why I'm very, very cautious about anything where we even remotely agree. Because they are the scourge, the absolute scourge of the earth. And I will say this. Why isn't anybody talking about 
the information that broke yesterday in regards to vaccines and our kids. What happened? We don't hear it anymore, the mandate. Do you know why? Because it was a lie, and it's proven wrong. Now, what can they quantify the damage they did by forcing these kids to take the experiment? Tonight, a local expert is weighing in on new data suggesting Pfizer's COVID vaccine may be less effective at preventing infection in young children. For children ages 5 up to 11, the vaccine's efficacy dropped from 68% down to 12% during the Omicron surge. 12%? But you made us put those chemicals, you made us put that experiment made out of what? Aborted material? You made us put that in our kids? How do you know what it's going to do to people? You have no idea, you low-life rat bastards. You were all in on the money scam. Because you're owned like you are from the military-industrial complex all the way down to big pharma. You're nothing but whores. Dying to be the pimp. But here's the thing, if you're a Democrat, you're always going to be a whore. And you're always going to be for sale for cheap. Is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. American policy brought to you by Pfizer. American military foreign policy brought to you by the military industrial complex. Pick your corrupt scam. K Street, where there's never a recession, no matter how many times Main Street is boarded up. It's an absolute disgrace. Craig in Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I got some funny trivia for you regarding that bulldog in uh, Matt from Mount Greenwood. So I'm Craig from Mount Greenwood, and I live down the street from that, and he's got a bulldog. Yeah, I'm real slob with all kind of things, and when I walk my little shih tzu past his window, I mean, that thing's barking, I got it all going crazy, and then sometimes right. So here's what you do. Look out a trade. So, hey, you'll tr- he'll, he'll trade his uh, bulldog for yeah. your statue thing, and then he can put the statue in the window there. We'll be tearing up his uh, blinds and all that stuff like that. Look at you. And then I'll basically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't negotiate for another year. Otherwise, I'd hire you as my agent. And stop walking appetizers in front of his bulldog in your neighborhood. It's like waving a $100 bill around in front of Madigan's house. You're just going to get harassed. Thank you very much for the call. We'll be back after this. Let's all go to the live. Let's go to the movie. It's time for Friday Features with Sean. And now, on with the show. I've never done a drug in my life. Very proud of that. The documentary's called Cocaine Cowboy. Did you ever watch it, Squirrel Hands? Unbelievable. There's a new one called uh, Cocaine Cowboys Reloaded. But I'm still going to stick with my Friday feature, War Dogs. That's a Jericho 941 pointed at my head. You can get one on the black market for $300. <laughs> yeah. It is a very reliable weapon. My name is David Packhouse, and I'm an international arms dealer. True story, by the way. What do you know about war? They'll tell you it's about patriotism, democracy, or some shit about the other guy hating our freedom. But you want to know what it's really about? What do you see? A kid from Arkansas doing his patriotic duty to defend his country? I see a helmet, fire retardant gloves, body armor, and an M16. I see $17,500. That's what it costs to outfit one American soldier. Over two million soldiers fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. It costs the American taxpayer $4.5 billion each year just to pay the air conditioning bills for those wars. 
<laughs> and that's what war is really about. War is an economy. Anybody who tells you otherwise is either in on it or stupid. 4.5 billion for the air conditioning. Yeah, no wonder that stock is so high. David in Norwich. Oh, hey, Sean, how you doing? Good, how are you? You know, my friend, you're the only one talking truth on radio. I really do like that you are not tied, like goose-stepping to either party whatsoever. I really appreciate that. And between you and I, I don't know if you would agree with this. I think we just need another revolution. This system is not reformable. It is hopelessly corrupt, and it, I don't think it can be reformed. It's got to just be David, like, the reason I, out. Well, first of all, it's an ideological revolution we need because I'm going to tell you, and this is the hardest thing that I, that I cannot convey to you, I can't articulate it about, better, but when you are in a state of like-minded people an actual state in this country, and you have politicians that believe like you, you don't have that nauseous feeling that you have. Because you understand that these politicians in these select states are going to fight legally for you, where you never have to go to that violence. And it is a war of ideological revolution that we must win first and foremost. Otherwise, we're no better than the scum we hate. Thank you, well, David. Well, being an, uh, yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? He was going to say, being in Illinois, you don't understand that, I'm assuming. And I think he's right. But you don't have to be. You don't have to make it so your kids are. I mean, do you really want your kids subjected to a Republican like this scumbag Irving? Because he's got all the money in the world. You hear the commercials nonstop. If he, he's, he's the likelihood of fooling all these idiots. I mean, after all, you, you voted for Rauner. <laughs> Terry Zion. Hey, Sean. You have some doubt. Hey, how are you, buddy? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you make me laugh every day, man. I love your show. Um, Thank you, Ted. Yeah, we're talking, or, uh, we're talking movies, right? Yep, movies. Give me one. Yeah, uh, Al Pacino, Scent of a Woman. One of the best scenes in any movie. Oh, that speech at the end is so... I was half the man I used to be. I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Flamethrower to this I, place. I, I <laughs> yeah. son of a gun. Ooh, wow. Yeah, Eddie right. Al Pacino movie. And one more movie, uh, um, Barfly with Mickey Rourke and Faye Dunaway. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting and fantastic. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I love you it. feel good about yourself, I'll tell you what. You'll feel as ugly as Dr. Uh, what's her name? Awardy? Oh, my word. Dry heave. Dr. Dry heave. Tom in Blue Island. Hey, Sean. Uh, the movie is called The Ugly American. Uh, it starred Marlon Brando and Cass Hingle, who uh, was better known as Clint Eastwood's sidekick in a movie called The Gauntlet. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a political drama of uh, 1950s, uh, uh, what would you call them, bureaucrats, but it, it it's eight years before the United States entered Vietnam, Mm. Uh, the book was written in 1956, and it'll blow your mind. The book is 200 pages, and every mistake the United States made in Vietnam, the French had made oh, eight years earlier. I, know. I couldn't believe it when I found out the book was fiction, Sean. Incredible. By the way, by the way Tom, there's a, there's a, there's a speech that um, John F. Kennedy made a couple days before he was whacked on the CIA. See if you could find that anywhere. 
It's been scrubbed. Luckily, I have it in the system. We're going to discuss that and more on Monday. Michael Carpentersville. Uh, yes, sir, Sean. Love your show. you got the best show on radio, bro. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that very much. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And, I, and I'm totally serious. It's really great. You tell the truth. You love America. It's love family. It's all, it's all good. So anyway, uh, with, uh, yeah, we're Eagles dinner with, uh, 1969, you got Clint Eastwood and, uh, Richard Burton, excellent army movie. You know, I mean, it's just, I really I'm love embarrassed. The I've never seen this. I'm sorry. Movie. I've never seen really? this movie. I'm embarrassed that I, that somehow this missed it. It's called where, what is it called again? Get I think it's, where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare. Oh, I'm watching this tonight. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And it's 1969, like I said, Clint Eastwood, Richard Burton, and they, I don't want to tell you about it, but it's just no, a no, really no, good movie. No, 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 because I'm a they huge kinda... fan of all of those guys, but Richard Burton, I quietly love that son of a gun. Not just because he's oh. a fantastic actor. This man right, yeah. married the most beautiful woman God ever made. Twice. Absolutely. Twice he married her. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Michael. Can you You're welcome. Have a good weekend. You too. Can you imagine Elizabeth Taylor? I, I, I still just look at her picture. I, that is the most beautiful woman to ever walk the face of the earth. I could say that now because, you know, she's long gone. Now I got my wife. But still, there's a time or two I may have pretended to be Richard Burton. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. AM560. I could listen to that son of a gun forever. Now, what will happen is the Google-owned YouTube will take me down, but it doesn't matter because we're on Rumble. By the way, can I give the guys a YouTube? I just want to give them something for me. There we go. Thank you. Duke of J. How you doing, Sean? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I had a movie that takes place New York 2022. What? What was that? It takes place in New York in 2022, this year. What does? It's made in 72. It was called uh, Soylent Green. Oh, yes, yes. Edward G. Robinson, right? Yeah, and Charlton Heston. They were both in uh, the Ten Commandments, I believe, too, yeah, yeah, in 58. Yeah, sure. I, 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 I don't know what God looks like, but I'm assuming it's Charlton Heston. I just hope he has the sense of humor of Don Rickles. Duke of J, <laughs> always another winner. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you. Tim on the south side. Hey, Sean. How you doing, buddy? Long-time listener. Great show. I got a great movie for you to make fun of all of the democratic shysterism that goes on in Chicago. How are we going to do that? See the Royal Tenenbaums with Gene Hackman. You know, I saw it years ago. I can't remember the correlation. He walked around in tennis shorts in that movie, did he not? Yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of liberal goofies from Hollywood are in it. Wilson brothers, Owen Wilson and his brother, and then uh, uh, really? Ben Stiller, and right. they jump on the back of the garbage truck. Tim, but I tell you what, it yeah. looks perfect as a Democrat movie. And I made fun of it the whole time, but I did laugh. Thank you very much, and Tim. A- I appreciate it. I didn't mean to hang up on you. We got how many seconds till I can play Meatloaf? 40 seconds. Rudy, Elkhorn, Wisconsin, real quick. That's why I'm calling. I'm thanking you to end the way you end your show every Friday. It's great. I listen to every second of it until the very end. And every time when I go home, uh, four minutes from my house, I play it for myself. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Rudy. I love that son of a gun. Meatloaf, another great actor, another great movie. 
Kevin in Austin, Texas has 12 angry men. Sorry, Kevin, I want to play my meatloaf. Oh, can you see my light? What so Stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. O'er the ramparts we who watched, who were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets Everybody have a good weekend. Think through the propaganda. Take some time to enjoy yourselves and focus on what's important. We'll be back on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.